The first thing I, I want to say about receiving comfort is you can't receive comfort unless you're prepared to receive comfort. You know, it's like if you're not prepared to laugh, in spite of the things you've gone through, you'll never receive comfort. And that takes a disposition that wants to let go of the victim mentality. You know, like there's people I know who just love and relish being a martyr because it makes them feel good that they can, you know, present that victimhood, that, that essence of like I've been hurt by the world and I have a right to be upset. I have a right to be like this. Well, let me tell you, as long as you hang on to that, you will be that. You know, you will never be free of that victim sort of mentality unless you're prepared to let it go and say, other people can choose what they do in, in their life. Other people can choose what they want to how they want to treat me. But at the end of the day, my dignity, my spirit, my attitude, I own. And therefore, I am not going to let someone else take that away from me. And I'm going to be available to God if God wants to comfort me. I'm not going to be like Rachel in the Old Testament who would not be comforted because her children were all scattered and her children had come into you know, hard times. I'm going to be a person who allows the Spirit of God access to my heart and allows me to be a comforted person. Now, let me say, that doesn't mean, I've got to be honest, I hate... Um, Interacting with Christians who are cheesy, uh, sweet, uh, no, no, I don't mean, you know, like, uh, how are you going today? Oh, praise God, I'm really good. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Like, I'd rather someone say, well, I'd say, how are you going? Today? Good. But yesterday, <laughs> I remember that ad, the guy on the plane? He was a pain in the neck. But he was, he was, <laughs> he was prepared to say, well, today I'm good, but yesterday things were going bad, you know? And, and I, I would rather Christians be honest and sincere like um, Abraham became the, the father of many nations and he had to believe in spite of his circumstances he said to God hey God me and the missus are old <laughs> and we haven't comforted each other <laughs> for a while we haven't been interacting with each other but it's, he said the Bible says in, in, in the New Testament, in spite of the facts that he actually accepted, he chose to believe the truth about what God said. So here's the thing. If you're going to be a cheesy, always happy Christian who denies the facts, then you will never see the miracle that takes you from the facts to the truth. You've got to know where you've come from to know where you're going to go to. Does that make sense? So if you're always denying, like I knew a guy, my uncle, Lynn's uncle, he, uh, he was blind as a bat. And, one, and he was a man full of faith. And one day he just threw his glasses away and said, I'm healed by faith. Every photograph of him after that was him squinting because he couldn't see at all. <laughs> so don't throw your glasses away until you get healed, but believe that you're going to get healed in spite of the fact you have to wear glasses. That's the attitude you should have. So in that context, in that context, you can receive comfort in spite of your pain. Does that make sense? You can resist, and I've got to tell you, I'm going to develop that thought in a minute. All right. So just some introduction, so I put some scriptures out there. God is a God of comfort. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 13, it says, Sing for joy, 
O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on them in their suffering. So in their place of hardship, God will have compassion. And he will, he does want to comfort. He's a God of comfort. God cares about, number two, God cares about people who suffer. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, it says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. On the, the great Sermon on the Mount, God blesses, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be. People who mourn have lost somebody. My daughter has lost somebody. I have lost somebody. Cheryl and Gordon Denton lost a granddaughter a couple of years ago. There's other people here who've lost mothers and we listen godly men mourned when Stephen was stoned it is not ungodly to go into a place of mourning you know it's 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 right it's appropriate and God says I will see that and I will comfort you and I'll bring and you will be blessed as you go through that circumstance you don't have to you don't have to portray an always got it together sort of personality i'm hurting today i'm not saying i am but you can say that you can say these guys their son's in hospital badly broken shoulder and it's like it's hard they've got to go vi- i know they've got to go visit him and they've got to deal with the heartache of mummy's boy <laughs> sorry gav it's mummy's boys it's not it's not yours i know it's it's mummy's boy having pins and plates and stuff and, and and you know what she's up here this morning and doing her best and, but she's she's aching inside i know she is she needs a hug i gave her a hug this morning you give her a hug too all right i, I want a line at the front of the church <laughs> and i'll have a ticketing system it's next hang on Get back in the line. You're not next. Okay. The next point. The Holy Spirit ministers God's comfort. In This is the old King James Version because it actually <laughs> sounds good. When the comforter comes. When the comforter comes, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you, this is Jesus talking, from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he's even the Spirit of truth, he will, he will, testify of me so he's coming as the comforter to testify of jesus that means if the holy spirit is the spirit of comfort comes to testify about him then jesus christ is the master of comfort even though he went through what he went through he did it so that he could bring comfort into our lives and you know what (laughs) there's there's a there's a do you you know that with christian truth there's a left and a right side to it there's a diametrically opposed aspects of truth. We all know that? Because we know that, um, you know, walking in, there's, there's, there's uh, we don't want to preach a message, message of doom and gloom and, and uh, you know, sadness and all that. But at the same time, we don't want to be overly ignoring the fact that people are hurting. And, and so we, we do want people to praise God and, and be lifted up and be full of faith and full of hope and all that. But we have to, as good Christians, who de- rightly divide the Word of God, you actually have to be able to balance those two things. So when you're eccentric to one of them, you're eccentric. 
Do you know, do you know what eccentricity is? When you're off centre. Have you ever ridden on an eccentric um, bicycle? <laughs> Where the hub is moved to the side? We had a friend in our church years ago who used to make eccentric bicycles. And so you get on and you ride it and you become like this. Some Christians are living their life like this. <laughs> Bless God. Praise God. Everything's fine. Woohoo! I'm full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Other people, oh, woe is me. And you know what? Here's the thing. It is not holy to be sad. It's not holy to be overly happy and denying the truth. It's holy to be um, surveying the land and in spite of the circumstances, believing that God will help you get through it. That's holiness. All right. <sighs> lastly, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Not, in, not the lastly in my whole message. Lastly, in, <laughs> I've got another hour, haven't I? Anyway, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 says, But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Do you know that the whole reason for prophecy is, is not to bring a word of condemnation. It's to exhort, lift up. So when someone prophesies and when someone speaks in tongue and someone interprets, interprets it, it's meant to build up the church, build people up. There is a ministry of knowledge and discernment that sometimes can bring a little bit of correction. And that's generally given to people who are like pastors and apostles. But when we prophesy, we give words over people, I can guarantee you when Kelly does that, because she's, she's got a gifting there, she's always uplifting people and always building them up. Because that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, what is comfort? <laughs> we talk about comfort. Yes, but what is it? You know, there's, there's, I would just say there's a whole lot of things that bring comfort to us. So one of those is probably eating. But that's, not, <laughs> that's, not, that's not, not really... Okay, let me just explain. Physical. We're physical beings, okay? And I'm a tactile person. I love... Hugging my children, I love affection, I love touch, and I believe that when there's a, a when I hug Steve Brown when I come to church, there is an incredible sense of comfort as I hug him because same with my friend James, because I know that there's a spiritual appreciation and a genuine love. And care when we hug each other. And, and I'm not ashamed. I am never ashamed to talk about hugging and, and affection and that sort of thing as a man. Um, women love affection. Especially touching, hugging, tapping on the shoulder, patting on the back. All of these things. And making them feel special is very much a part of comforting people. Physically, when we're protected physically, we're comforted. When we have sustenance, like food. But do you know that all of these in the wrong spirit and in the wrong process, like food, with the wrong motive, become bad for us? Warmth and shelter. Let me just touch on that one about hugging, just for a sec. 
There's a photo I want to show you. Now, is that, I don't know if you can see, but there's a little bear who's getting his head squeezed off. That little bear, that's me. And this big mama bear, that's Cheryl Denton. That's the second line this morning. We're going to have Lisa here and Cheryl Denton here. If you've not had a hug from Cheryl Denton, this morning's your time. <laughs> because there's something about Cheryl's hugs that's just irresistible. It's amazing and it's very comforting. And you know what? That's coming from a lady who's been in grief. And is still in grief. Because grief travels a long distance with us. And when we've lost someone... I don't know that you're ever meant to lose that. Oh, well, let's just move on forget about it. Never. You take them with you and, and, and allow occasions for you to acknowledge that you miss them. The second one is emotional. So physical, emotional. Emotional, love, encouragement, joy, soothing, kind words. People say, oh, sticks and stones may break my bones, my bones but words will never harm me. My God, words are worse than sticks and stones, let me tell you. Words are the worst thing. And, you know, I've stopped twittering, not because of my words, but because there's so much vitriol out there that I just don't want to be a part of it anymore. Um, and may I say that the whole thing with politics, um, I, I, I have very strong views about politics and all of that sort of thing, but at the end of the day, God's the God of my world. I'm not going to... You know, lose sleep over, you know, the, the, the elections were rigged and, and, you know, the Russians were involved. And at the end of the day, it's like democracy happens. And God says, we're not of this world. So don't, don't worry. I mean, certainly we have to have attitudes and influence and all that sort of thing. But it's not, it's, that's not what's meant to float your boat. Don't let politics become your, um, you know... What is it? Your hobby horse, your bike, <laughs> your eccentricity. Amen. Oh, All right. So spiritual. Listen, now listen. With both physical and emotional, both of those can go off eccentric. There's a propensity for, you know, if someone's desperate for physical touch, it can go out of whack. You know what I'm saying? It, you, know, like, you know what I'm talking about. And if someone's desperate for emotional, they can be an emotionally imbalanced person because they're craving, you know, emotional comfort and all that sort of thing. I want to tell you, the spirit of the, our spirit is the interface with God's spirit. You have a spirit. I believe in the trichotomy of man. You are soul, spirit, and physical and flesh. In, and your soul is about your intellect and emotions. Your flesh is about your, you know, body and your bones and all that sort of thing. Um, but they're, they're related. You can't not have an a emotional sense when that skin is touched. That's a sensor. And you can't not have an, a, an emotional response. And that doesn't have to mean that that's the deal. The deal comes from what the Spirit's saying when I do that. Because I can do that. And if it's a bloke... He knows what I'm saying. If, it's, if, if I did that to... You know what I'm saying? The gesture is not the deal. It's the spirit that comes with the gesture. 
The gesture of your words is never the deal. It's the spirit behind the words. Lisa, I love you. <laughs> what did I just say to her? I certainly didn't say I love you. Do you, do you understand? So the spirit behind all of our gestures determines what's the truth in that interaction. And co true comfort comes from the spirit. True comfort is received by the spirit. Thank you. Was that you? Everyone give her a clap. <laughs> the spirit and the soul, when the spirit and the soul are at rest, we can find comfort. And when you are reconciled to your lot, in spite of your lot, you can receive comfort. Here's the thing. The spirit brings truth, the truth of God's comfort. Your soul can go astray because it's very human. <laughs> Humanity with our soul. And David says, check, check my soul, Lord. Check it out. Check out my heart and see if there's anything unclean there because I know it's a slippery little thing. I know it's slippery. You check it, because I, I can't be honest with my, with my heart. And we know that David's heart wandered with Bathsheba. We know that. So the heart can be very... And the Bible says that only the Word of God is sharp enough to divide between the soul and the spirit. So only the Word of God can reveal the truth of where the spirit lies and where the soul lies. And so the spirit needs to be listening to the truth. And feeding on the truth. Second Corinthians chapter six, or chapter one, verse six, says this: Even when you are weighed down with troubles, just say that with me. Even when you are weighed down with troubles, say it even when I, even when I am weighed down with troubles, it is for my comfort and salvation. For when I am comforted. I will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident. This is Paul speaking to the, church, the Corinthians. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives you. All right. Now, part of the, the whole, what, what this is saying is that God comforts you so that you can comfort other people. Okay. If you can't receive comfort, you cannot be a source of comfort. So if you want to be a blessing to other people, you have to learn how to be blessed. If you want to be a blessing financially, you have to learn how to be blessed financially. There's no, no two ways about it. You can't be a financial blessing unless you're prepared to accept that God can bless you financially. You cannot be a source of encouragement if you refuse to be encouraged and you want to be a martyr and a victim all your life. So if that's what you've been carrying, and for very good reasons, which you, I'm sure you could tell me about, if that's what you've been carrying, then I want to say with all God's love and compassion, stop it! <laughs> that's, how, that's the best I know about God's love and compassion. Stop it! Because if you don't stop it, you will kill yourself. Not, not physically, you will kill your spirit. Your spirit will not have a chance to receive that which God wants to impart to other people. If you're hanging on to your earthly woes and, and, and 
issues. You can't be a person who can do work for God, who can, you know, can spread God. You think the good news is just standing on a corner and preaching, you know, if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. That's not the good news. The good news is God's come here so that you can have a connection with Him and so that in spite of what you're going through, you can find comfort and joy and peace and love. You can have a better life today. A better life today in spite of what we're going through. And, and that's what Paul's saying to the Christians. You know, you can share in our sufferings. I'm going, no, no, I don't want to. But Paul's saying, if you share in our suffering, you're going to share in our comfort. If you share in, in, in the truth of God's, you know, impartation, you will be able to impart that to other people. So don't wallow. Don't be a person who's, I have a right. You have no right. If anyone had a right, Jesus had a right, and he's taken that right away from you. He said, I'm going to take the right of your, <laughs> your suffering. And, you know, if you think you want to suffer because it's, it's holy, well, you're denying Jesus the work on the cross. Right. He suffered so that you could be free from that. Right. And I'm not saying you're not going to suffer. I'm saying to share truly in Christ's suffering is to acknowledge that he did it for you. Right. That's to accept it truly. And then... Just to acknowledge, oh, I'm hurting, I'm in pain, but you know what? And here's the thing, here's the thing. If who's ever heard the scripture, and, and it's like a benediction, and may the peace that passes all understanding be yours. Okay, does anyone know what, you heard that? <laughs> what is the peace that passes understanding? Why does it pass understanding? Here you go. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. It's not logical. You can't work it out. I'm meant to be unhappy. I'm meant to be sad. I'm meant to be down and, you know, toady mouth. That just came to me. Toady mouth. Is that good? I have to look it up later. Check out. You're meant to be upset because that's... In all human reasoning, that's where you should be. But peace that passes understanding is like, in spite of that, there's a place that you can go to and that you can find in God that brings you comfort. And it doesn't make sense, but by God, it's awesome. It's amazing. If you've never found a place, it's, I, I call that a God place. Abraham was, he wanted to see God's glory. He was up on the... Moses. <laughs> Moses was up on the, on the, on the mount. And, and he was going to be given the, the, the Ten Commandments. And he said, God, just show me your glory. I want to see you. He didn't say, oh, he said, I want to see you. He didn't say, show me your glory. And God said to him, you will not survive seeing me. You won't, I can't reveal myself to you because you can't, cannot handle it. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> That's where it comes from. And so, you know what God said? I'll tell you what, I'm going to honour your desire to want to see me and I'm going to let you get a glimpse, just a glimpse. And so he tucked him into the cleft of a rock and he said, don't look until I've passed by. And when God passed by, the remnants of his glory was there and he looked and he saw the remnants of his glory. And so... 
if he had looked at him, he would have died. There's, a, there's an aspect of where he was that was dangerous and fearful and complex. But you know what? In that place, he found comfort. There's a place where you are, even though God's in your world, that sometimes is fearful, is dangerous and complex. But there's a place that God can bring you to that you can find comfort. And you can, I can't, it's not a cleft in a rock, it's a place. There's a place in the spirit. People call it God's space. I don't know if you've ever heard about that concept, but there's this place where you can go to inside and just find that peace. We worship God to get to that place. We meditate to get to that place. We just invite God in and say, just give us a glimpse of your glory so I can feel that comfort in spite of the fact that I'm feeling pain, hurt and disarray. It was touched on a couple of, oh, a month or so ago. We had an amazing preacher come out here and talk about, can't remember the message to be honest. <laughs> um, and, but he, he, he alluded to the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Do you know that Erna, where's she gone? Erna, Erna said those words this morning. As she was leading us, she said, you know, I think you might have prayed or something. It is well with my soul. You said the same words this morning. You, you probably don't remember. But every time I heard it, I think, wow, they're preaching my message. But I want to tell you something. that The guy who wrote that, this is his story. It was written after traumatic events in Horatio Spafford's life. The first was the death of his son at the age of two. And the great Chicago fire of 18, 1871, which ruined him financially. He had been a successful lawyer and hard, uh, sorry, and, and had invested significantly, significantly in property in the area of Chicago that was extensively dis, uh, damaged by the great fire. His business interests were further hit by the economic downturn of 1873, at which time he had planned to travel to Europe with his family on the SS Ville de Havre in a late change of plan. That was a ship, by the way. In a late change of plan, he sent his family ahead while he was uh, de delayed with business uh, concerns uh, following the Great Chicago Fire. And while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship sank rapidly after a collision with a sea vessel. And all four of the Spafford's daughters died. His wife, Anna, survived and sent him the now famous telegram, Saved Alone. Shortly afterwards, as Spafford travelled to meet his grieving wife, he was inspired to write these words as the ship passed near where his daughters had died. So he was on the ship passing the place where his daughters had died. And he sat down, pulled out his jatch crackers, and he said, I wish I was never born. Woe is God. Poor me. No, I'm joking. He sat down and he started to write the, one of the greatest hymns. Knowing the circumstance of this man, great, great anthem to the testimony of how God can comfort you in times of trouble. Let me just read the words of his hymn. 
When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like the sea billows roll, when sorrow like, sorry, like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, <laughs> thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. And then the refrain goes, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this last assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. The refrain. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Why is he praising the Lord? He has no right to be so, you know, have a spirit like that. He went to a place, folks, because in all our earthly reasoning, this is peace that passes understanding. He went to a place. For me, be it Christ, be it Christ, hence to, to live. If Jordan above me shall roll, no pang shall be mine, for in death as, is, as in life, thou wilt whisper thy peace to my soul. But Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O triumph of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest of my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as scroll, the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. What an amazing set of words. That can only be written from a man in whom his circumstance by the fact that he had gone to a place where he received comfort. Lastly, God's comfort reveals God's compassion. God loves the world. He so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Number two, God's comfort restores hope. Whatever you've lost, whatever hope you've lost, don't let somebody or some circumstance take hope away from you. Hope is something that is eternal. Hope is something that can, is a, you know, like... <laughs> have you, I look at hope as a goalpost, okay? Now, even if you're driving down a highway and a meteor should blow up the highway, if you're meant to be getting to that point there, you've got to get out of your car and you've got to do something to get to that point. You know, like, no matter what, hope's always a point where you can get to, no matter what's in, in, in front of you. You know, it might be dark. You might be wearing sunglasses. You might have just one pack of cigarettes. You might be a little bit away from Chicago. But by hook or by crook, you're going to get there. <laughs> That's the Blue Bro Blues Brothers, for those who never watched that. All right. Move. Here we go. All right. So... Let me just say this, and I'm speaking on behalf of my family. I was here a couple of nights ago on Tuesday night, and Talitha, and I was sharing with the young adults, and, and Talitha said, ask me a question. Do you, can you remember what it was? It was how did you and Lynn um, travel through that hard journey together? How did you um, kind of like that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The hard journey of? Of losing your granddaughter. Okay. I just got to say this. 
that's one of the hardest things that a father and grandfather, in my belief, you've seen an ad on TV um, about the people who lost their their son in the building accident. They, they said this is one of the hardest things that parents should ever go through. And it is. It's one of the hardest things that I can't imagine, I can't imagine, that Sarah went through. But the question is how? And, and what do you do with a God? What do you do with God who you believe would... This is what I do with... That same question was posed to um, God about um, Job. The devil <laughs> caught up with God one day and God said, what have you been doing? You know, where, what have you been up to? And he said, oh, just going to and fro throughout the earth. <laughs> you read it. It's, that's, that's exactly what it says. Just, oh, just going to and fro. Anyway, and God's, God's sort of boasting about Job. He says, check out Job. He's, he's my man. Check him out. And look how, he, look how he's, you know, he's righteous. and he's, he's, Nothing can touch him. And you know what the devil said? He's only like that because you bless him. And I don't need to say anything else except this. If God didn't bless you, would you still love him? Because it's not our it's not right for us to love God because of what he gives to us. It's only right to love God because of who he is. And in losing my granddaughter, I felt like the Apostle Peter. When Jesus, when a lot of the disciples, the larger circle of disciples, left Jesus, when he started talking about eating my body and drinking my blood, and they went, ooh, and then we're out of here. Jesus turned to his inner circle and he said, you guys going to leave me too? And I felt like God could have said that to me. Well, Phil, you know, something that was distasteful to you regarding the circumstances turned up. Are you going to leave me too? And you know what I said? Peter said, where would I go, Jesus? You're the one who has the words of eternal life. And I just felt like, where do I go? I don't go anywhere. My love for God is because God is God, not because I, he's my puppet. And so no matter what, though he slay me as... David says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. And that's my, that's my mantra. Though he slay me, whatever happens, he's my God. And I know that whatever I go through, there is a cleft for me that I can go to and find his comfort. And I want to tell you this morning, there's a cleft for you. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what, no matter what you've seen, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what words have come to you, there is a place, there is a cleft that God can comfort you in if you will only allow and if you allow yourself to discover it and receive his comfort and once you've received his comfort you can impart it and that's what living like a Christian is all about being, recipro being reciprocal and giving in those, in those things